Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello and welcome to episode number 120-something of the Glovers cast. It's five wins out of six and like a quartet of screaming goals which upset a fat man in a uh, baseball cap and the uh, side of the pitch of Bromley, it is Mr Ian Perkins... Hello. Mr. David Coates. Hello. <laughs> Mr. Ben Barrett. Good evening. And the one man out of the four of us who was actually there. Welcome again, Mr. Marcus Duncan. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So first things first, Marcus, did you manage to upset the Bromley manager as well? Because we've heard that some people of the Overtown fraternity managed to. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. Although, having said that, when he came out the tunnel to do his... Uh, media duties I was still up in the press box with my headphones on he was looking over he kept looking over at me as if he wanted something and uh, he was already quite angry so I thought yeah I'm, I'm not going over there to deal deal with that no well probably well well avoided it sounded like uh, like Sam Collard got on the uh, on the on the wrong end of him but I have to say I don't I'm sure everybody's seen the goals now but I think my favorite part of that was watching him after that first goal when Tom Knowles has slammed that in watching him walk away with his hands in his pockets and boot the advertising board as he did it <laughs> it was fantastic but when uh, full yeah. he went full to Murray Ketspire didn't he he did yeah to Murray, that is that's a good reference that yeah there was no, uh, well, I can't remember the name. There was a, there was an Italian defender who was trying to pull him back, but 
Arquette's buyer, that is, not Andy Woodman. Yeah. <laughs> and, he didn't and take his boots off, did he? he? He didn't take his boots and his shirt off, thankfully, either. Yeah, good point. Oh, God, yeah. Could you imagine? A no, bit was... cold to do that, I think, wasn't it, on Tuesday night? It was, it was freezing. It was. I mean, you could probably see from the highlights, there was sort of, because it's a plastic pitch as well, uh, players' heads were having sort of steam rise from them. Especially Josh Staunton's, it's got to be said. Uh, not, not putting anything to do with that, but um, it was absolutely freezing. Yeah, I guess the thing about Andy Woodman is he's quite well, you know, padded, isn't he, for the colder weather? But, yeah. <laughs> There's a technical term for that, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. We won't go into that. Though. So, yes, well, another another victory. And what did we say, boys, um, before the game at Dagenham? I think I said six points, didn't I? Ben, you said... Yeah, did, you, did you Did you? Did you? <laughs> I say five, six. I don't think you went as high as six. Five, wasn't it? So yeah. I, I've, I've stopped claiming extra already. points now. Come on. You said, what, 37 out of four games? You 37 to and a half. <laughs> yeah, OK, right, right. And Ian would be happy with a draw out of all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually went for seven. I think you'll find, Dave. Oh, did you? Oh, right. I thought, okay. I thought we'd nick it at Dagenham. Yeah. Get a draw from either Bromley or Wrexham and then beat Dover. Oh, there you so go. I, I think we might have to check the tapes here. Like, We're rewriting history sure. here, aren't Not we? sure how this has gone down at all. I said over six. That's all I wanted, more than six. And we've we've nearly there. Very nice. <laughs> Marcus, when, when when you saw these four fixtures, when, when you were looking sort of pre- pre this little run what what number were you thinking uh well it's easy to say in hindsight i suppose but um well i, I was just of, done it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i sort of knew i was going to be at dagenham and bromley because they're in london and the only other games i've been to this season are grimsby boreham woods and the weymouth home game none of which Yeovil have won. So I was sort of thinking, oh, it's going to be, I'm the bad luck charm. And especially seeing where they are, probably would have taken at these four, yeah, probably five I would have been happy with, I think, because a win from Dover, you'd expect, and then get two draws from the others. I think back, yeah, because we hadn't really played that well against many good teams yet, I don't think. But uh, no, so, I mean, I, I couldn't really believe it. And thinking about six points already out of these four games. And then, I mean, Dover touch wood, you hope that there's not a banana skin there. But yeah, very, uh, I, I mean, I don't think anyone really expected it, to be honest. You say we hadn't played well against any good teams. I mean, we did beat Stockport 3 0 away. Oh, yeah. And we did yeah, beat right. Halifax, Halifax 1 0 away. Yeah. I guess we only played <laughs> but, the good teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's only uh, only in recent, uh, well, yeah. in what we call the Perkins run. So whenever. Yeah, that's whenever Ian four was there, at home. That's when it's gone terribly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying away. That's, yeah. that's why I'm staying away because the, yeah. the results are better without me. It's actually banned from the, from the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was your last game? game? My last game was the Weymouth home. First game. Oh, okay. Stay game. away. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I'll come back for the cup game. Then no, I'll. Yeah. If we lose that, then you know it is all me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So go on then, Marcus. Tell us what was it like? Because I, was it was it more than just a couple of absolutely stonking goals because I think they were a pair of screamers those goals weren't they and a stonking oh, they save they and were yeah save, there was yeah. so many moments I mean you were at Dagenham Dave and it was 
I mean, that was such a like, resolute performance where, especially in that second half, Dagenham were trying and trying, getting balls in, but everyone was just clearing everything. It was just, it was even better than the Dagenham game. And uh, first half especially, I thought we were much more on top than we were in the Dagenham game. Um, I think the penalty in the, four, was it 45th minute? It was, I think. And it, um, I mean, it was really soft and I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh, we were going to go in winning at half time, and now we're going to draw. But then Charlie Wakefield just it's like, nope, I'm going down the other end and smashing one in. It was, what, two minutes later? Um, yeah, the, I think the pitch as well, Sheridan and I spoke about it quite a bit on radio. I think it does suit this team because players like Sonny, who every time I've seen hasn't had the best performance, he's been a bit bullied off it in the National League. But uh, they could play really well. It wasn't as long ball as I've seen. And um, it, it, you know there aren't going to be any dodgy parts of the pitch where you can just pass it across. And yeah, and the pressing as well, the energy from the team was unbelievable. It showed in that first goal, um, Knowles's goal. I mean, Suwumni with a, with a heavy touch forced by the, uh, the pressure. He was, a, he was in the middle of everything. On, the, on Tuesday night, <laughs> but it was it was very pleasing to see uh, Swimley force the error. To be honest, the overall goal was a bit, bit of a fist bump underneath the table from me there. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 gave a little bit back, didn't he? There uh, was someone who said something about that he single-handedly got us relegated on Twitter, and he didn't like that. I was I was injured for most of the season. He, he came in with the stats, didn't he? he yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was injured for most of the season and then scored an own goal on the final and the game that got us relegated. But He's obviously yeah. not been to, thinking about it. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> to be fair to him, he was winning everything in the air. Well, attacking-wise, he was every long throw, every free kick corner was just, he'd just get his head on the end of it. But it would never go anywhere really near the goal. So it was all right. Who was Almost. charged with looking after him? Well, that's the thing. I think at the beginning it was... Max Hunt, like you'd expect. Um, but I can't remember who it was. I, I noticed at a corner later on where, because after he'd been winning everything, I think they eventually are like, someone else taken. <laughs> it changed to someone who you wouldn't have expected. I think it might have been Yusuf, who's obviously not as tall, but he's very physical. And he, he did a good job, to be fair, Yusuf, especially. I wrote about that on the five conclusions. He was plug really, really good on... Um, on Tuesday, he did do all the sort of ugly hard work that a striker does. He didn't really have any chances to score, but everything else, he was sort of playing in Knowles and Wakefield, did it really, really well. It was the best I've seen him play. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, because I, I obviously saw those two games back to back. I saw the home game against Woking and, and, um, so memorable. Game. I know, yeah. Solly Holloway. Solly Holt. And both of mine, in my conclusions, I said I didn't didn't know about Adi Yusuf. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether or not I loved what he was doing or hated what he was doing. But both you, both of you, Dave and Marcus, you've both sort of suggested that actually he's finding his place. He's finding his feet. He's finding his role within this side now with Joe Quigley potentially out for a little bit over the next couple of days, weeks. We'll probably find out. Um, as this podcast goes live, the press conference is on Friday morning this time around. So we'll hopefully find out a little bit more on Joe Quigley. But he couldn't have timed this sort of run of influence and form any better, really, could he? No, I think you're right. I was quite similar, actually. I didn't really know what type of player 
he was. I mean, I haven't can't say I've watched much of his career before uh, he joined Yeovil and how he was playing. But um, I don't think in, in his first few games, he was playing in the same way as this physical back to goal striker. And I think it does help not, it almost helps with him not playing in a front two with Quigley, another sort of big player. And with those wide players, Knowles and Wakefield, who are so quick and uh, energetic, he can get them into play. Yeah, I think I think it does suit him a bit more playing as a, a lone striker, which which isn't often the case. Usually players at this level are better in a front two. But I know I think, yeah, I, that's maybe what I'd say. But I don't know what you think, Dave. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, if you remember back then when we spoke to the Sully old fan um, mm. about Adi Yusuf, he told us he was an instinctive, like, fox in the box, wasn't he? He wouldn't get a lot out of him, wouldn't get a lot of work rate out of him, but what you would get is someone who, when the ball came to them in the box, they they put it away. And I think in a way, what we've got is the exact opposite, isn't it? Because we've got someone who does put the work in and does, you know, take the blows and give a few blows of his own, but he... Um, uh, he's he not really shown that into, with the exception of that one goal against Eastleigh um, which we all saw on the TV I think but that looked very much a, an instinctive goal but I, I do just wonder with the best back to goal goal uh, striker on the planet I think due to come back <laughs> in the next few weeks uh, then not that I've oversold him there at all then whether the two of them come together uh, what, you know how they work together whether they do work together or not um, how how that is when when Ruben reads um, when Ruben reads fit again because we spoke a lot last season when reading Quigley were playing together that it just didn't seem to work so I don't know what anyone thinks about Yusuf and and, and Reed or I don't think I don't think you can play them together because you'll lose one of Noble's or Wakefield it yep. feels like or you'll take out something in the midfield and at the moment that 4-3-3 is proving to be really successful so were there were there often runners beyond Adi Yusuf. So Wakefield and Knowles, you'd expect to go further than him. But did you see Worthington, uh, Sunny Blue, even Staunton or Gorman from the Dagenham game going beyond Adi Yusuf? Because if you've got a back-to-goal striker, you do need midfielders to sort of fill the void in behind him. Yeah, Worthington in particular. I think Darren Stahl's been speaking quite a bit about him recently. And he's said that he's in the best form he's mm. been in. And yeah. I don't think... Yeah, he's he's not sort of. I think the thing he's happy with is that he's been getting forward a lot more. He, it, it was noticeable that every time Yeovil sort of got the ball on the break, he would be the one just to sprint forward um, into the box. He was doing that late on as well. Because I remember when we had him on loan back in 2018, maybe. I remember he was playing in that when Darren Way was playing the 4-3-3. He was playing in that deep role where sort of Staunton's playing now. And uh, I think Darren Sold, because he's, he's so energetic and I think he wants him to utilise that as much as possible. He was definitely keen. Barnett as well, as you'd expect, just bombing up that left-hand side. And um, and Dan Moss, actually, who we said, I think people have said, it's, it's he didn't have that as much attacking side to his game. But it's definitely grown. And it from both games, I'd say, the Dagenham and Bromley, it took him not long but longer to warm up attacking wise I mean he's always unbelievably defensively his his tackling is just ridiculous his the timing on he gets on every tackle 
Um, but he, he had a few misplaced passes, but after about 20 minutes, he was getting up there as well. But then you've got Staunton staying back. Gorman wasn't going as far forward. So everyone knows where they're supposed to be and it does sort of work, I guess. Notice Charlie Wakefield gave uh, a bit of a shush sign to some of the uh, the Bromley fans. Did uh, did Jordan Barnett give any shit owls or he? I mean, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. I'm assuming so. I was watching yeah. a few highlights, actually. Um, I was watching the highlights of the Stockport game last night. Right. And uh, he was doing it there. And then I clicked on another one. I can't remember what he... he uh, I don't know if we scored a goal where Jordan Barnett hasn't gone over. It was Woking, actually. Yeah, he did it to like 20 He went over to their 80. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? But he, he absolutely loves it. Um, unfortunately, we were, we were in the other end to the, uh, the, the other side of the pitch to the away end of the dugout. I did notice Wakefield running over Shushing because I don't think Andy Woodman treated him very well uh, second half of last season at Bromley. So I think he was particularly pleased with that, not only that it was an absolute belter as well, but um, yeah, well, I, I really like Charlie Wakefield. He's when we signed him, I didn't think I thought he'll be one of those players who might, like a Tom Whelan, could be gone sort of by January. But he is, yeah, he's been unbelievable. I really like him. He's he's tall as well. He's I, I looked him up and he's I noticed he was taller than I sort of remembered. He it says he's six foot three, which for a winger is uh you don't really expect that and he, he does use his frame well but he's still ridiculously quick as well i think the yeah. way he's playing he still might be gone by january well yeah that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not to chip it in town though. <laughs> no i wouldn't have same. No, he did he win that header off the line didn't he at dagenham he, he nodded he did, that one yeah. off the line which um yeah as you say his, his height came in handy then he's been a revelation hasn't he and i think before the um you know, before the season started, there was that interview with him talking about like his mental health and stuff like that. But he's just, I don't know, he's just one of these players, like a lot of them, they've just seemed to have this really infectious like energy that endears them, like the manager says. And yeah, I love him, the way he knocks up all round people and he's only got one thing in mind when he gets it and he just seems to float past people so easily. It is a really likeable team this this Yeovil team it's not like a big team but it's there's something so I don't know I I've, I've really liked what Darren Sell's done the last two years with the teams here especially that team in the first year with like experienced pros but there's something about this team that I think it's I think it was the it's the lack of expectation that people had and performances like the Stockport Bromley like those special performances where they just play like a completely different side to what you'd expect makes them really really likeable and, and special they're also just relatable every time they do uh, media duties because they're all young they're all a, they're all just quite friendly and nice they just seem like normal people I guess but yeah it's I, I, I really really am slowly falling uh falling quickly in love with this, this team that sit <laughs> We're we're thirteenth in the National <laughs> League, so <laughs> yeah. Don't What's know how that happened. Yeah, it's they... the two games I've been to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You wait till we go on a run of four at Hewish yeah. Park. <laughs> I'll stay away. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It. Uh, I I have to say that Ian fell in love with Tom Knowles first, and I I've already claimed Charlie Wakefield, so you're going to have to find someone else. I'm afraid, Mark. You're going to have to fall in love with Adam. 
Hands yeah. off, Josh. Oh yeah, I'll take I'll take Grant Smith. Honestly, oh yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't spoken about the save, have we? It's the hips, isn't it? It's the hips. <laughs> it's the... <laughs> it they is don't the like. hips. He, <laughs> he uh, yeah, that save was ridiculous. I I was certain it was in because from our angle, when you see it come off the head and it, you can see it going into that sort of side netting, and everyone around us, the Bromley fans, but and suddenly this this claw came out and hooked it away. But I was surprised it didn't get tapped in on the rebound. It was a ridiculous save. And that that's the thing about Smith. In both in Dagenham and Bromley, both games, he hasn't, even though Yeovil have been under pressure for the second half, he hasn't had many saves to make uh, because the defence had done well. But then when he is called upon, he suddenly just comes out with an absolute well, and I, I can't really think of too much he's done wrong. I can think of the Boreham Wood game where he sort of oh, yeah. spill it, but, but then he was unbelievable all game after that. Mm. And um, Grimsby rushed out for a penalty, but apart from that, he's been, uh, yeah, he's been really, really good. And I thought Adam Smith was good last season, mm. but I think Grant Smith is that pip above. He's like the polar opposite of Adam Smith, isn't he? Like his personality <laughs> seems very like quiet and reserved. As a goal, it's like we've got Grant Smith at left back now. I think (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Barnett need that somewhere on the pitch. (laughs) I was gonna, I was gonna note that. Do you feel like now we're this far in that we're starting to see the link ups work a bit better? It's something that I noticed at Stockport was that we were getting good between fullback and winger, whoever that was. But actually, I I said to you, Marcus, when I when we saw the highlights, didn't I? I said it may go unnoticed. But Adi Yusuf, for the Charlie Wakefield goal, Adi Yusuf makes an incredible run round the back of Wakefield. And you can see the defender who's just jockeying Wakefield. He takes a step, half a step to his right. And that just opens up a little gap for Wakefield to shoot. But that's Adi Yusuf controlling a ball, getting it off to Wakefield or whatever it is, but then getting back involved. He sort of pulls away, opens up a space, then makes a cross run to the left side and drags the defender with him, and that just gives half a yard of space. Are you seeing these little link-ups all around the pitch, Wilkinson and Hunt, full-backs to wingers, uh, striker to striker? Are we seeing those starting to finalise themselves now, do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And although, I mean, the, the depth on Tuesday with the bench, there's clearly a lot of injuries. But when you compare the team that's playing now to the team that was playing against Stockport and on that good run at the beginning of the season, it is quite similar. That core, I think of Wakefield Knowles on the wing, uh, Staunton and Gorman in midfield, Hunt and Wilco at the back with Moss and Barnett wing backs. It is similar. And I think, yeah, you're right. They're really creating uh, those partnerships and getting, getting used to each other, um, which is really important, especially when the squad is, ridiculously thin like that that bench Evans Haste Bradley who's played 20 minutes all season and who else was on the bench and Morgan Williams who again hasn't really played much but that yeah that starting 11 I think they're really starting to get used to each other and yeah they're especially defensively I'd say um although that's been the case all season that's Hunt and Wilkinson partnership I mean I think one of the reasons we're suddenly on a good run of form is just Luke Wilkinson coming back he is he brings so much to the team and makes just a ridiculous difference because is it only Chesterfield that he started and 
and yeah, Kingsley went, obviously went off after he half an hour, off. didn't he? Yeah, against, exactly. Uh, Chesterfield and all the the games, the, the Hewish four, as uh, as I guess they're now known. <laughs> he, he wasn't he wasn't around in them, was he? So it's yeah, he makes such a big difference, Wilkinson, and uh, I already want him here for the next two years because <laughs> you need to get players like that in the door. I think. And as we said before, and I know I got bang on about it, it freed Staunton up to go sit in the midfield and do that job again. And you can just tell that they're, they're just it's so much better having two of them rather than just one. We'll we'll probably feel the same when Staunton misses a couple of games through injury or suspension, that you want both rather than one or the other. But it does make a difference to have that spine, doesn't it, down the middle? Yeah, that, that having that spine is so important. And it, one of the most pleasing things is how sort of, I mean, probably you're on an 11 match unbeaten run. They were absolutely flying. And just how average we made them look, they just didn't really, they, I, you couldn't really tell why they were this um, like 11 match, on this 11 match unbeaten run. And that's just full credit to the team, I think, and not a case of Bromley not playing well because they clearly can play and they've got the quality in there. And we kept Michael Cheek quiet. We always do that against the, the big yeah. strikers. Like none of them. McCallum and Belanta on Saturday, nothing. Sheik, absolutely nothing. Paddy Madden, nothing. It's uh, Everything seems to come wide from the opposition, but then Hunt is just heading everything out of the box. So it's absolutely fine. I think, like we said on um, Monday's episode, it was that core and that spine uh, were so important to stop cheek really like the as long as you stop the you know the deliveries into him and you um keep the ball away and don't give him those chances we were going to be all right against him and as it happened it was just a penalty yeah i mean he was always going to score wasn't he but yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it was a bloody good penalty to be fair but um yeah from my angle i did see a push i can't really remember what for? Because I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, there's a push. He's not going to give a penalty for that. And then he did give it. I just thought, oh. but... Um, it looked I mean, soft, even... but the camera was like four miles away, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so... even Andy Woodman in his uh, post-match, despite his uh, his antics after the game, did say oh, it was a very soft penalty, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what that was about. Shame not to get the clean sheet for, me, for being very picky, but <laughs> only a penalty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they don't count. I was I was going to ask, um, did Bromley have a plan B? Did they come out with something different? We saw Dagenham come out with Miles Weston and try and play a bit differently. Did Bromley do anything differently at all? Because other than that save, what was the last minute defensive sort of back to the wall stuff like? Were we fairly comfortable if defensive? Yeah, well, they put Sawn me up for the last uh, 25 minutes, I want to say. Been there. It was about 65, yeah, not for the whole game, unlike <laughs> some people. But um, <laughs> it, um, it was, yeah, 20. I looked at the clock and it was 65 minutes and he was up there. And I was like, what's he doing up there? He must have just gone on a run. But then, uh, no, he stayed up there and uh, he, he didn't really do anything, to be honest. It, it, it was quite good in a way for Yeovil because it forced them to just hoof it to him. And that hadn't really been working all game. Um, but yeah, they, they, they did make two changes at half time, actually. That I can't remember who they were because they clearly didn't make that much of a difference. But it was all very much go wide, try and get a ball in. And to be honest, most of the pressure, unlike the Dagenham game where it was last twenty minutes or so, were quite quite stressful. Um, 
70 to 80 minutes, they were really putting on the pressure. That was when Smith made that save. And I think that was sort of one of the last chances that they had. Because then from 80 minutes on, Yeovil were um, playing like they you know, almost had more of the ball. We were keeping running it down the line, keeping it in the corner, trying to counter, um, winning really good free kicks. It was made, made me so happy. Just winning a foul on the halfway line um, when there's five minutes to go it was counting down the clock but um yeah the game management was very good but yeah they they didn't really offer that much I barely saw Michael Cheek oh he did miss one right in the middle of the box actually he just completely missed the ball and he definitely should have scored uh about 70 minutes in but apart from that yeah they we just held them to outside our box and it was very pleasing to see do you think that that's come from the because obviously, as Yeovil fans, we're so accustomed to, well, we know how this is going to end. <laughs> this is going to yeah. end in an equaliser. But actually, there's been a few now. That's that solid hole nil-nil, which was absolute backs to the wall, incredible bodies on the line stuff. Then Dagenham, same again. There's probably been others. Stockport came at us for periods late on. But actually, because of those experiences, Halifax, again, on the telly, they bombarded us for the last 10 minutes and we just saw it out. Those experiences, when the clock ticks to 80 minutes now, there's less panic. I, I felt less panic. I felt the Yeovil Town fan in me going, well, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I've seen this script before. But actually, we're starting to see other scripts now. That's four, maybe five times this season where we've been fine. <laughs> and that's a bit unnerving. I, th- I think that's, that's part of the reason why I was so proud of that team after the game, because since I've like been following Yeovil for about 10 years it is we've we've just got used to always always it still shocks me I think it's because I haven't seen that happen like it did against Bromley and Dagenham where you are one goal up and you you actually win you're one goal up for like a whole half and you don't concede in the second half I, I, I cannot remember many times that we've done that every time Yeovil go ahead, then equalise, then the other team equalise. Sorry, you, you do just expect it's a collapse. But I think yeah, that that's the real difference. And I don't know what Darren Sahl has said because it could be a mentality thing or coached, but or if it's just the team. But yeah, something is very unyeovil, and I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I got a message from Ed, our uh, quiz champion at the final whistle. He was there and he said, I've just witnessed hell of a win. And he said, I can't believe we managed to hold on. That never would have happened under the previous manager. So I was proud of Ed for going back to Darren Way because that's uh, <laughs> the kind of thing I would have done. But uh, I, I was, uh, it, I don't know whether it's just uh, a fearlessness. Uh, and I know it's a real cliche talking about like a young team of players, but they do seem to have that about them, that they just... <sighs> You know, they, I wouldn't say they don't know when they're beaten, but because, you know, they're not going to be in at the moment, are they? But but they do just have this natural confidence about them, which when you add in a bit of you, uh, a bit of Yusuf, a bit of Wilkinson, a bit of Grant Smith, and those slightly, you know, just don't, we've spoken about being sort of younger, uh, older than his years. Um, you just what that mix, isn't it, of youth and experience, well, more youth than experience, but it just, oh, it's clicking at the moment, isn't it? They're, they're all quite reliable. They're all really reliable players. And I, I can't think of, especially in that defensive mid and sort of midfield, like Staunton, he's never going to, I can't remember him having a shocker. Gorman, the same defensively. And then Hunt and Wilco, 
I, you, they're going to do a job. Moss as well, you're always going to get something from. And there aren't too many uh, mistakes in that team, which was why it was uh, extra pleasing to see Omar Swumley again. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he won't be listening to this. <laughs> if he is, Omar, you're very petty. Then <laughs> I was going to but, ask you when you said about him playing up front, was Paul Sturrock stood behind uh, Andy Woodman <laughs> saying, he's like Kenwin Jones. He honestly is, he is. <laughs> well, he, he, he did not play like Kenwin Jones. I would have liked to see a celebration like Kenwin Jones as yeah. well, if he's oh, scored. Yeah. Just didn't have Ben. Over, it? it didn't have Ben Tozer to do the long throw. That's all yeah. it was missing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait until they play Wrexham on Saturday, then it will be Ben Tozer Swimney again. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was um, no. It was it was one of the for the last five, six, well, probably eight years to be honest. Apart from that Boreham Woods game last season, uh, for obvious reasons, it was the one of the proudest I've been to to watch a Yeovil side in a, in a sort of season where we, we, no one, it's not like we have to get promoted, but just seeing a performance like that, where they actually want to, to try and want to, they just played so well. It was, yeah, really, really pleasing. I think it's a team of players with points to prove. Like Jordan, yeah. Jordan Barnett's come from Notts County. Grant Smith's come from Chesterfield after being let go there. Yusuf's come down the leagues. Um, there's loads with points to prove, isn't there? You look at Charlie Wakefield, even Tom Knowles to a certain extent, coming down from Cambridge. You know, he probably thought he'd had a he'd have a crack at League Two, and he certainly looks like a player who could more than handle himself in League Two. Um, don't, don't say that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> for any scouts listening, I'm lying. Um, yeah, there's, it feels like there's players that have just got that edge to them and yeah they want to show that they're you know very capable you've talked about the fearlessness and um sort of that that desire just to go out and and just not give a shit and just have a crack at it i've just had a quick look now out of the games in which yeovil have scored this season how many of them have we scored first in uh halifax all all of, them. All, of, all of them? Every single one, we have taken the lead. In, which, in games in which we've scored, we've always taken the lead. It's like we have this, this built-in thing of just, we're going to go. We're going to go at them. And so many of them are early. I didn't realise how many have early. Quigley, 15, three matches in a row. Um, at Stockport, 26 minutes. We're not like we're waiting for these goals. They're not like last minute's Gorman, 15th again against Boreham Wood. I know we end up losing that one. Um, up to Weymouth in the cup, 11 minutes, Charlie Wakefield. The replay in the cup was uh, 20 minutes from Worthington. Um, Woking was fairly early on. Wakefield, four minutes. Uh, Yaketown, early. Worthington, seven minutes. Eastleigh, 42. Later, slightly in that one. But we've gone ahead. Obviously, then we had the halftime one, the Paul McCallum one. But then early doors again against Bromley. It's like, that's a clear thing for me. We're being, we're being told they're obviously being rallied up in the changing room and just being told, get at them, shock these sides, get into them and go one nil up and then let's see where we are. And I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, we're going to get caught a few times, but I love that approach. I really do. Yeah, that, that, was, that was one of the things that really annoyed me last season as well, I remember, the complete opposite, that it seemed like we would only start playing once 
the opponent scored like we'd be we'd be absolutely dominating possession but then couldn't weren't doing anything beyond the halfway line then once the other team scored it was like oh okay now we've got to play and it's just completely switched um yeah which is lovely to see um but yeah i don't want to think too much about last season especially that beginning period where that seems to be happening all the time um but we got the win against bromley like we did uh yeah good good days at hayes lane recently i think when you get you know if we start well and we get ourselves in front the way we are set up defensively it's you know it bodes well for the rest of the game like there's not doesn't seem to be any ricks or any errors or anything that creeps into the game and then yeah we just seem to be once we're up we're going to be all right and we seem able to react to plan b's of opposition i think that's huge whether or not that is a little bit tactically it was something darren sal said after the game didn't he that he had to make a few changes tactically and that his players reacted well to that um previously we've had to make little changes or little substitutions just to shore things up morgan williams has come on adam adam um alex bradley's come on a couple of times late on just for a few minutes just to just to change things up go one nil up go in front of a game and then react to whatever they're going to try and do to get back into it and it's working that's a heck of a thing to have on your side I mean, four three threes. It seems the way we're set up is quite a fluid formation, isn't it? So yeah. Wakefield and Knowles can always drop back and make that midfield like a five-man midfield and just make it all a bit more compact. Whereas when we had a four-four-two, I don't think Sonny or whoever was in behind Quigley because it was sometimes Yusuf that wasn't that inclined to drop back and do that type of role in the midfield. Um, so, yeah, I think the change in, well, look at the change in shape and what that's done for us ever since. I think the Weymouth game was the first time we played the 4-3-3 at home. And it's got, it's got, I remember coming on after the Grimsby game and uh, that was when we just didn't look like scoring at all. And Dave, you asked what, um, what, what can we do to change? I think, I think we were playing the 4-3-3, but it was a lot, uh, sort of narrow it was like Knowles and Wakefield were basically strikers with Quigley or Yusuf and now they are kind of playing like those uh, wingers and yeah as you say it, 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 at the end they did go back and it was more of a 4-5-1 uh, but I'm, I think this is definitely the way to go having that extra man in midfield and it allows someone like Sonny to maybe play in midfield because he'd never play in the midfield of a 4-4-2 but he um, had that license to roam and he was actually really good defensively as well, which really surprised me. He was tracking back and he was, his tackling was actually quite good. And he, I mean, he made the tackle for Knowles' goal on uh, Swimney, but yeah, he, he was very, very good performance from him. But yeah, I think this 4-3-3, hopefully it stays. And it, it's nice to know that in, I think centre-back is one of the key positions for I mean, any team really, but it's nice to know for once that there are players to fill in there, like Staunton and Williams can both fill in there. It's yeah, Usually we'd have to quickly go into the loan market, but I mean, not that I want Hunt or Wilco to get uh, dispaired anytime soon. But um, yeah, hopefully it continues uh, against Dover. I mean, it should, but... <laughs> should we talk about the Dover run of form? And how it's and how it's striking fear. Find the word form for me, Ben. Well, it's striking fear into 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 me. So should we should we do the stats? 
um, they have failed to win any of their last 18 games of competitive football. They have lost each of their last one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, before that, their only draw was Yate Town, and we know how tosh they are. Prior to that, Yate Town victory was four more consecutive losses. Their last competitive league point came on the 21st of September with a nil-nil draw against Solihull Moors, which isn't horrendous, if truth be told. They've conceded the following goals in recent games. 3-3, three, 2-4, three, 5, and then a 1-0 loss against a lower league, Yate Town. Why am I scared shitless of them beating us 1-0? Because you're a Yeovil Town fan. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been taught not to love too easily, Ben. That's what it is. I, I, I've said, I said to you, Marcus, when we were chatting on, on WhatsApp the other day, I said, I'm sat here looking at reasons why Dover are going to beat us. And I'm sat here going, <laughs> they scored two against Stockport. That's quite good. They've scored in eight of their last nine games. We haven't done that. Of course they're going to beat us. Pre-scoring Dover. <laughs> <laughs> Someone knocked some sense into me. We've got to batter these bastards, haven't we? Ruben Reed coming off the bench is going to get six in the last 20 minutes. I was I was watching, actually, because I was writing for the programme, for the Dover programme, about um, last time we played Dover, and it was 3-1. And uh, the highlights, Ruben Reed was in that. And it uh, did make me realise like, how important he was. He was he did a lovely little back heel assist for one goal, um, bodying players in the middle of the pitch. I mean, we've got Yusuf to do that now, but yeah, stick him in, give him a hat-trick. Making top no, we don't judge him on goals, Marcus. Not here, thank you. None of that nonsense. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't have a little dig at Ben, would That's it? That's fine. So, it's fine. Bring it on. Bring just it on. a nibble. But I think, and um, we were going to have this in our Western Gazette column, but Ian forgot to send it. Um, I think <laughs> this Saturday needs to be a bit of a statement now. Imagine after... Those, those, the Hewish four, the quartet of doom that, that was last seen at Hewish Park. In shaking now. <laughs> well, if we could right some of those wrongs, because I'm not sure it's going to be a massive crowd, but if there is 17, 1800 there and we can put on a show, we can put on a show and score four and five and really go for it and not give them an inch. I am thinking about you are selling. You're selling festive fixtures this Saturday. I know that sounds silly, but if we go and stick however many we want to stick past them, you walk out of that stadium thinking, should we go on the 28th against Weymouth? Should we go on the on the 1st against Torquay? Should we go on New Year's Day? Should we get a ticket for that? That was class, that. That was brilliant. What do you mean they've won their own beating an eight? And you start that little ball rolling. I'd really like to see us go to town on Dover. It's not going to be easy. Crikey, don't, there's no, it's ridiculous, this league. But... If there ever is a chance, and we're in credit, six points out of six in two ridiculously tough games, we're in credit, have a gamble. Don't put Alex Bradley in. I'm sorry, Alex. I really want to see him get minutes, but give Sonny the freedom with Yusuf and that front two of, of Knowles and Wakefield and just tell them to get at them and cause them havoc. Won't Gorman be back? Do you know what? Leave him off. Leave him off. Just let them He's going to get a long shot. He's going to get a long shot. <laughs> Where's the ginger coming in this midfield? <laughs> You're leaving Matt Worthington to be the I'll only flame-haired midfield player. <laughs> yeah, get Marcus on there. Duncan scores one the pitch. Be a space on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Yeovil Town fan? 
Do you want to help shape the future of Yeovil Town Football Club? The Glovers Trust exists to give Yeovil Town fans a democratic voice in the running of the club. Our aim is to strengthen links between the club and the local community it serves and to engage with as many Yeovil supporters as possible. So join the Trust today and together we can build a stronger Yeovil Town Football Club. To find out more and to become a member, visit glovers-trust.co.uk and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We got some ridiculous questions to ask ourselves. We do. Yeah. Should, we, should we leave Marcus on for the questions? You yeah, can yeah, stay, you can stay in. I yeah. think you should stay. He's on. Like I've got him here. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, if you've got, I mean, I've got them as well. But oh, okay, well, I I'll do. I'll, I, I haven't got them. Okay, well, I'll do one here we, from. Yeah, uh, should we take turns? Okay. All right. <laughs> this is nice. This I like. This, this is civilized plan. Robin Bachelor, whose biog I noticed describes himself as the annoying tall guy who always gets in your way at gigs. We all know that guy, don't we? With Omar accidentally assisting Tom Knowles on Tuesday. Not sure he's accidentally, but anyway. Um, which former YTFC player would you like us to uh, like us to play every week? We'll start from play, the top. Ian. Play against. Play against. Who would you like to see playing against us every week? I think he's saying Omar had a bit of a, a shocker and therefore who would you back to have a shocker against us? Anyone? Oof. I'd go Adel, Adel Gafaiti. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Good Easy. Mm, he, yeah was, he was... Uh, he was, that uh, was uh, yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> well, he, was, he was Omar's replacement, wasn't he? When he got injured. <laughs> did he end up life, playing at Truro yeah, after we, that? that? Well, we signed crazy. him from like a Cornish team, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'd been playing in the in Ukraine, I think. I think he's yeah. now at Hayes and Yedding, which uh, I think... Yeah, really? I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. uh, where is he? Yeah, he's at Hayes and Yedding. So... There we go. That's a, that's a good show. <laughs> I've got my, one. Mine that... was going to go on. No, go on. You go. No, no, no. I want to hear yours now. I was, I was, I was going to, I got one that I wanted to be really good and I thought was going to be really good, but in no way, shape or form was anywhere near being any good. Stefan Stam. Ah, uh, and he was a captain, wasn't he? Captain he was, at one he was captain. He had the turning circle of the Titanic. <laughs> and that was you know what? after was... it had sunk. <laughs> I was on his Wikipedia page about half an hour before coming on this Zoom call. <laughs> because, as, 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 come on, context there. Come on. Of all, I was, I was, I, I vividly remembered a game against Charlton, and I was trying to find which game it was, and I found it on a website, and I looked at the lineup, and uh, I saw his name, and I was, I was intrigued to see how how much he played for us because I was, I was about ten, I think, and uh, didn't really remember him too much, but. Um, was he yeah, one I mean, of like first when Skivo was first made manager, like his first full season, wasn't he like one of his first signings? Stefan like, Stam. Yeah, I feel like he I just have I remember us playing friendlies and we were really just trying to pass out from the back all the time and it was just whoever's in goal was passing it to Stefan Stam. He was then passing it to the left back. July two thousand and nine he joined us. Yeah, that was was that Skibo's first full season in charge. Um, could have been. I think he was he was made yeah because Slade left in two thousand and nine, in that Feb, February March time, and then Skivo was given the permanent job. That's right. Because I mean, when I remember thinking when we signed him, he's played hundred and something games for for Oldham. Apparently, it's ninety seven. I'm now also on Stefan Stan's Wikipedia <laughs> page. 
meaning it's probably had its highest. You two got like restraining orders um, from Stefan Stark. <laughs> and I do remember sat and sitting there thinking, this is that's a good signing, that that's a good signing at this level. He was utter crap. Right. <laughs> go on then, Ian. Who's yours? Um, I'm gonna go to the Sturrock years, and I think I will pick the um the tiniest man I think who we ever had, Wes Fogden. Wes Fogden. Who was I didn't just, hate Wes Fogden. He was no. just a skeleton in a kit. <laughs> skeleton in a kit. <laughs> he just, <laughs> I didn't hate him, but he just didn't do anything. He was, he was just useless. He scored at Maidstone in the FA Cup on the red button, didn't he? <laughs> on the red button. Scored <laughs> on the red button. That's all you need to <laughs> On do. the CV. There we go. <laughs> Who's yours, Dave? Uh, well, I, I, I had a chance to think about this, so I'm, I'm torn between two. Either Alifi Santos, who had, had all the skills when it came to his warm-ups, but none of them when he got on the pitch, and he went to Weymouth. I saw which... him in Morrison's the other day. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, maybe I'll leave him off then. Or, or the other one I was going to say was James Bailey. Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah. And he was captain as well, I think. Was, and he was he? Yeah. All kinds We've had of some awful. great captains. We've... <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Stalman. I'm sure Omar was captain as well, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Jesus, right. Okay. Do you want to take the next question then, Ian? I will, yeah. Another one from Robin. Uh, given it's a month till Christmas at the time of recording, what is the Glover's Cast selection box of choice? He said something's the wrong answer, but I'll let you answer before. That is, that's tough. It's tough because there's, there's good options in all of the tubs and there's poor options in all of the tubs. I, I mean, I'm going to be boring and say Quality Stream because Quality Street is the Christmas chocolate. That's it. Like and because we once ones. had a kit with a Quality Street on it. I'm partial to the green triangle. Uh, I like the red ones, the red strawberry ones from there. I'm a but toffee, toffee man. Yeah, maybe. the toffee well, one. Yeah, you, you you can have all pull the your t- pull your teeth out. Yeah, you can have all the toffee. <laughs> Good strong teeth, me. <laughs> My cat slightly less teeth, but me, I'm all right with them. Okay. Throwing uh, you off talking about my cat. Yeah. Right. Come on. I'm going. I'm going to go celebrations, but you can leave the bounties. Maltesers. Yeah, fine. Yeah, they're great. Maltesers mm. are the fake. Always great. the best. The multi no, the Maltesers in the celebration. Great. Are, are the best are ones. the best ones, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Very good chocolate. I'd go I mean, celebrations as well. Uh, Ian? Um I like heroes, but I don't want eclairs. No, eclairs. There's, there's, there's good ones in heroes. Nothing heroic yeah. about an eclair, is Always there? let down by the <laughs> eclair. Just a real like black sheep of the selection, <laughs> really, isn't Christmas it? Festive chocolate period, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it my question now? Yeah. From Paddy OG, who in our side has the potential to have a career at League One level or higher? And Ian, you're not allowed to say Tom Knowles. Okay, you can. <laughs> I think I think all of our crown jewels, so to speak, have potentials at playing at League One. I think Wake. I think I think if Wakefield had hadn't had the injuries that he had have had, I think he'd probably still be at Coventry and playing all right at that level. But obviously, he's had his career ripped apart by strange injuries. Like, a, didn't he have a, flat, a punctured lung at one point? So, um, <laughs> did you nearly say a flat lung? I was going to say <laughs> flat lung. He had a flat tire at one point. Yeah. <laughs> really cost him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, 
any of those, I think he'd be playing. I think Lawson Diaz would be playing higher yeah. if it wasn't for his injuries. I think, I think I think he gets a shout in there at that point. Um, in terms of a future, Max Hunt will play higher. Without question, Max Hunt will play League One at some point. Are we allowing Moss. loan players? Yeah. Yeah, I was going yeah, to... I think Moss is... Yeah, I think he can definitely play at a much higher level. Um, and Sonny, even though he hasn't been... You can just see him playing at that higher level. He's he's one of those players who doesn't suit the National League, but does suit League One. It doesn't really make sense, but he'll, he'll have a good career. He just will. <laughs> yeah, he will. Definitely. Go right. to... You've, you've, na- you've named all the ones that I was going to name, except Mitch Rose. So um, I'd probably have said, <laughs> Hunt, I don't mean Mitch Rose. I'd have, I, I'd have said uh, Hunt or Wakefield or, or Knowles, probably, yeah, one of those. But like you say, injuries aside for um, for Wakefield. But what about, yeah. what about England college youngster Ollie Haste? Well, you know, he's got he's got he'll be playing with Yeovil in League One in in five years, won't he? Nice. Him and Toby Stevens, it'll be <laughs> <laughs> that is what what optimism that is. That is straight out of the, <laughs> the school of Barrett. That is that is oh, the no. definition <laughs> of being more Barrett. <laughs> Positive policy. I need to <laughs> brainwashed. Um I think we've sort of that's a Gordon's one. How instrumental has the return of Wilkinson been in the recent upturn in form? Out Very. of seven. Very. Out of seven, yeah, seven. <laughs> has, has, yeah, can't really complain about anything, I guess. But... Yeah. And the inventor of the seven out of seven, well, the self-proclaimed inventor of seven out of seven, Elliot Watts, describes Luke Wilkinson as the best centre-half in the National League. I mean, Ian, you saw Gavin Gunning, didn't you? You spoke very highly of at Chesterfield. Yeah, but I mean, he, he only played a half because he got his face caved in for some reason. Um, but he was good in that half. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good centre backs in this league. I saw Omar Swimley on Tuesday, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he was without question. Yeah. The best. Okay, right. Uh, this could be a quick one from Sweeter. Where do you stand on luncheon meat? I don't really stand anywhere on luncheon meat, to be honest yeah, with you. On, on the top. No, no strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, according... Have you left out Hughes on purpose? Did you not no, wanna... yeah, on my on my list, it goes Gordon Murphy, Chris Sweet, then QSU. All right, okay. That uh, is over to you. <laughs> Fan-led review of football governance. Get reading before this evening. General He's thoughts. He's a poet and he doesn't know it. <laughs> General thoughts. And how it relates to YTFC's current situation in particular. Dot dot dot. Go. If you get reading, it's 160 pages. I'm <laughs> <all right. laughs> Give me some bullet points, and I might have a go through. Well, some top line bullet points. Yeah, please, mate. If you have got some to hand, I summarise it by have. the fact that lots of <laughs> Premier League chairmen are. Uh, Saying, yeah. oh, this can't, oh, this can't be. The Premier yeah. League is the most uh, philanthropic league <laughs> in the world, and then brushes a few more crumbs off the table and says, "There you go, paupers, chase for that." <laughs> is that in your bullet points? Sorry, uh, that is number three on the bullet points. That's yeah, paupers. Um, so they they want to set up an independent regulator. Basically, is what they've come out with, um, established by an act of parliament, which will regulate the football industry and have like a licensing system for the game. Um, 
it will oversee like financial regulation and there'll be new owners and directors tests established by this independent body that will replace the existing ones and will ensure that only good custodians and qualified directors can run these community and cultural assets. Um, loads of other stuff, long-term sustainable future for the game, um, inclusion, equality, diversity with like action plans. There's loads. There's quite a comprehensive like plan um, for 100, it. 160 pages. Yeah. Front and back. Yeah. And, th you know, things like a shadow board, a, a shadow board of, like, supporters, um, uh, supporters having a, a golden share or a golden vote in that if anyone decides to sell the land or sell the ground or if anyone change decides to, ch For to, <laughs> to change... <laughs> to pluck something out of thin air. <laughs> to change the colour of the kit or change the badge, like, fans could... Put stars above it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fans could say hang on a minute no thank you and there was also the one that i read this morning which i thought was interesting was taxing uh, premier league transfers so that if a club pays 160 million for a footballer they would get taxed on that and that money would go into a pot for the lower leagues that would then get redistributed so if we sell tom Knowles for 160 million we get some of the money back. Yeah. Get yeah. even more. <laughs> Coining it. In. Isn't yeah. that what they did in China when China went and bought like everybody? They put a hundred percent tax on all deals and everyone went, ooh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about well I, to answer Hugh's question, I haven't read 160 whatever pages of it is, but if the greedy bastards from the uh, Premier League don't <laughs> like it, then it's good enough for me. That's all I'll say. And in relation to the situation at Yeovil Town, I wonder whether they look at Companies House and see how many failed businesses you've had. Do you think they'll count them up? They should do. Shouldn't they? <gasps> there was a pause there, wasn't there? There was a little <laughs> pause. Little pause there. I have said went, who I'm speaking about. I could be talking about that. anybody. I think I'm the thing that's most surprised me that it seems to be like quite a a competent and very thorough like a bit of work that's been done by a Tory minister. Hey, this is not party <laughs> political broadcast. Um, yeah, so who knows what will happen with it. But I think if yeah. you, you know, the top line stuff that we've read from it is all, you know, it, it's good. It's like promising for change to prevent things like a Burry situation. Like look at Derby County are going through now. Like Macclesfield Town. Yeah. And as Murray they say, or Barry? Uh, Barry, not Barry, Barry. Um, and, as a, and, a, and as a wise man once said, nothing changes till everything changes. <sighs> Bring me in at Christmas, yeah. <laughs> next, next question, Ian, is it mine? Is it mine yeah, name? I think it's your go. Mike Hudson, this is a long question, Mike. Um, reflecting on last season and where we were at Christmas and this year, so I think it means reflecting on where we are this year. But yeah, um, both times we seem to get to a place where it feels like Darren Saal is in real trouble. And then boom, we put in an impressive run. Would you say he and his teams seem to thrive off that pressure to some extent? Marcus Duncan. 
Go. Go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 give, well, I think yeah, give Marcus that one. There's the bus. <laughs> I think part of it, to be honest, is that we are just, and we were as well last season, uh, we are a mid-table team. And so it sounds silly. We, we'll win some games and lose quite a bit. And so when we do go on a run, like this run, this isn't going to last forever. We'll end up losing. Uh, and then, <laughs> oh, that's sorry, not, that's sorry. Not Ned's trying to Barry, chuck him off sorry. now. <laughs> yeah, I had to, had to Where's change. the mute button? Get rid of him. What's this? Um, Negative Nelly. <laughs> I think they do thrive off the pressure, but also it is just a case of streaks and runs and different runs of form, to be honest. Do we believe in runs now? Yeah. Runs I think, of one, yeah. Runs of one. Sorry, yeah. There aren't such things. I think the, there's a there's a bit of an irony in talking about you know Darren Sale not liking runs or not believing in runs or whatever because we went on a lovely run in his first season and then we went on an absolutely terrible run in his first season as well before the season finished and we and there's it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I think we did turn it round a little bit at Christmas, then we went off the boil again last year. It's just, I guess it's... It's just football, it's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's keeping that Streaky Sal. He's, uh, he, he likes a streak. <laughs> Streaky Sal. <laughs> Might have a title. <laughs> um, I, I would say that the one difference is we've had, we had a big, big moment, didn't we? That Weymouth moment that seemed to have been the catalyst to these better performances because even Grimsby was good, it just didn't have the result. Um and I wonder if we missed that big line in the sand moment that we've had now. And that sort of led to, you know, the aftermatch moments with the fans and stuff, because they saw what a thousand Yeovil fans going absolutely berserk at Grant Smith's shagger hips um, can do. And so now they try and, they're, they're trying to recreate those moments and recreate that and it's working. And, and for me, I think that's been a bit of a difference to have a catalyst moment that we had didn't probably have in the same way last season. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think this group, it sounds stupid, but this group enjoys, uh, I think the, the moments at the end with the fans for this season have been even that more, uh, like they were, they were brilliant in the first season, but there's something different about them this season. Are they, I don't know if it's because fans weren't there uh, for a season and a lot of the players hadn't played in front of them, and Darren Sala clearly told them all about it, showed them videos. Um, but the, the Bromley fans around me, I was on the other side, desperate to be in that away end at the end. And uh, the, the Bromley fans were just so confused as to why <laughs> we were like celebrating, singing like that. And one of them said to me, he was, oh, was this your... It's like your cup final. You, why are you celebrating so much? It's like, well... Oh, cup final, we win there every week, mate. Well, you know... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't really understand why you wouldn't. But yeah, that, those, those are definitely special moments. And yeah, I think they do. This this group really do, since that Weymouth game, getting a taste for it, do do want those moments. But I don't they, think that's the whole reason. I think, <laughs> they, I think they benefit from them as well. Like that's why Luke Wilkinson starts the chance is because it makes them feel good. I'd rather walk back into a changing room after a 2-1 win after doing that for five minutes and high-fiving some fans and seeing them react and having a bit of back and forth than just a gentle clap applause, a half-assed fist bump, yay, get in, and then walk back in, get changed and go out again and do what you got to do. 
feels like a real they need it as much as we want it so that's got to be a good thing but it all for me stemmed from that catalyst of the weymouth the weymouth game and the manner and the context and where it was and who it was and all the rest of it did, did anyone else in the video on uh, that Sam put up on the Twitter hear one of, I don't know who it was, I need to watch it back, but one of the Oval players said, as they started singing the LA, LA, LA on Saturdays we follow, I heard someone, one of the Oval players say, what are the words? I don't know what on earth they're singing or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to go back after this and try and find out who it was. Also, Dan Moss. Also, check out the video that Sam put out of um, where it was just hit of, of the captain of Luke starting the Y-E-O. There's an awkward, almost yeah. planned silence, isn't there? As who's going to be... And then it just goes silent for maybe a second. Hey, <laughs> almost as if he said a naughty word that maybe he shouldn't have said. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Though. Next, Next question. Again. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if you could guarantee three players sign up for next season minimum, who would they be? Given that a lot are reportedly out of contract in the summer. That's from Jordan. Luke Wilkinson, Luke Wilkinson, Luke Wilkinson. That's... <laughs> wow. Do, do we have any um, contracted next season? I know it's so Quigley early. And Williams. But... And Williams. Oh yeah, Quig yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I do. I do. I would have Wilkinson as one of my, even though he's. I mean, he's he's only thirty, I think. I, I think I thought he was older than he is, but he's just um, like, that's. I think that's the perfect age for centre back. I think so. Thirty-one I, he's, he's he's no, he's twenty-nine. He's not thirty till the second of December. Luke Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Yeah, um, I know he's thir he's thirty-one. Born September the 29th of nineteen ninety. Well, Flash Course has got him second of December nineteen ninety-one. <laughs> Have they got my age any different as well? <laughs> Check my uh, long footballing career. Um, well, I, uh, you know, uh, when he said minimum, does that mean they have to sign for next season minimum or we can have a minimum of three players? Because I've got a, late, a pretty long thing. I think we can. So. Let's just say you've got three players that you okay. can have next right. year. Well, they're, they're all good. Any question we pick is going to be wrong, but I'm going to say Max on Tom Knowles, Charlie Wakefield. But then I could have had Grant Smith, Jordan Barnett, Luke Wilkinson, Josh Thornton, Dan Moss. Couldn't you? Ian? But those two. Knowles, Staunton, Hunt. I want Grant Smith, Staunton, Wakefield. I'd go Staunton, Wilkinson, and oh, I'm torn between Smith and Hunt. I'd probably go Hunt just because uh, I think you can get other keepers. And if you're offering, can we have Dan Moss back, please? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have him back. And possibly Robinson as well, because he was really good against Zolly. Yeah. And his brothers and his mates had their photograph taken in front of the Northern Glovers fan at flag. And if you look back to the tweet, the tweet that Sam put out or somebody from the club put out with, a, with promoting Bromley tickets and you see someone in the crowd flicking a V sign at the cameraman, that was one of uh, Jack Robinson's brother's mates. So <laughs> Naughty. What do you call people from Middlesbrough? Smoggies. Is it Smoggies? Yes. Naughty Smoggies. No, no, no. That's a Northern thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly. Too no Palmos for you that night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to get a taste of this Northern Glovers flan. 
Flag. <laughs> Northern Glover's flag. You wouldn't. It's got gravy on it. Oh, yeah. Chips and gravy on a flan. <laughs> anyway, right, last question. And this better not be the answer to Foxy's question here. So Chris Fox, minus gloves, because he never wears them. Um, I've got to bring something for a works Christmas buffet. Do we call this a Jacob's Join in the southwest of England? You ever heard of that name? What? <laughs> Jacob's Join. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> As in the cream okay. crackers? Yeah, no, no, no. As in, as in everyone brings something into work. You never heard that called a Jacob's Join? Who's Jacob? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Someone who joined something, obviously. But anyway, it's like a like bring your food to a buffet. I've heard it. Someone I, I, tell I, I me I if they've ever it as a buffet. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, it is. I found it here. It says it's a phrase used in Lancashire and Cumbria. So. <laughs> really? There you go. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Um, so anyway, what should Foxy bring to his buffet? Jimmy has already said a tin of a cooked pork product that we're not allowed to know. This hot or cold stuff. This. Uh... Well, I don't know. Important Fox, question. Yeah. I don't know. Foxy hasn't specified that, but I imagine there is a, I think Foxy works for Clark. So I imagine they've got a, you know, a microwave in their uh, <laughs> restroom. So you can heat something up if you like. I'm guessing. I'll go boring, but pigs in blankets. I mean, they are amazing. Nothing <laughs> boring about that. Nothing yeah. boring about that. The best bit of a Christmas dinner. No question. That's more tumbleweed there. I'm... I didn't even say anything about Scott Priest. <laughs> Not that I did before. Um, <laughs> um, as, as Foxy would know, the national dish of Angola is a fish kalulu. <laughs> so he should, um, he, should, uh, he should take some fish kalulu. Fish kalulu. That's a brilliant name. Yeah. I want to try it. I want to see Chris Fox in gloves eating fish kalulu. That's what I want to see. <laughs> it is a dish cooked in blood. Served with rice wow. and fungi like uh, mushrooms, can be uh, served frequently with chicken or with fish. It's often served with vinegar, tomatoes, onion, and garlic, and has been incorporated from traditional Brazilian cuisine. Wow! Right. Why do we need to answer any more of that question? <laughs> I think we found. Well, I just say twiglets, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome twiglets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Unless think... you've got some. No, I think all we've got, we've got a couple of plugs, haven't we? Oh, we have got some plugs. Um, can I actually, can I ask a question to Ben? Yes. Did you end up with a shirt? No. A poppy shirt. You didn't get one. <laughs> oh, do you see the prices? I'm not made no, of money. No, I didn't see where they ended up. I forgot to rebid my bid. A no, bid for Tom Knowles' one, but I forgot to rebid. No. Oh, okay. I didn't. All right. Go on. What plug have we got? A couple of plugs. Do you want to go first? What? I don't know what plugs are. Have you got the list? Is there a well, list you, of plugs? Yeah, yeah. The Disabled Supporters Association. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay. Yes. We wrote an article on the DSA. They're trying to fundraise for some EVAC chairs so that people without uh, sort of easy access to the upstairs lounges at Jewish Park can use them. And heaven forbid, should they ever need to evacuate, they have the facilities in which to do so fairly easily. It's going to cost £3,000 to get two of them and they need your help. So we have put a little article on the gloverscast.co.uk social media editor um dave can you retweet that so people can find retweet it yeah we did tweet it the other day thank you uh, but i will retweet so yes that is um that is something so um yes we're hopeful that we can there's a link to the just giving page 
on the article where people can go and do their bit. Good. And I, I went on before this. I gave my bit. I am like Bruce Springsteen without the uh, guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say Bruce Wayne want... without the bat. No, uh, yeah, do you know, I really wanted to say a terrible pun there. Can I say the terrible pun? Yeah, Please do. Bruce Springsteen pun. Born in the Hewish way. <laughs> oh, it's crowbarred. <laughs> Official adjudication. I was thinking about shook that. Your head as you I, were saying. I know, that. I know. I've been thinking about that too much. Yeah. And the other plug is for the new Glovers Mail on a Friday evening. Um, if you go to the website, you'll see everything you need to see about winning a Google Nest Mini. Just subscribe to the email, put your email address in on the uh, homepage. There's a little text box you can fill in um, to enter. On the 10th of December, on the email, you will receive the winner, whoever that will be. You signed so, up, Marcus? You signed up? Uh, now, isn't he? Look, you oh, can see him. Typing, yeah. <laughs> Under the bus. Um, I've got another plug. It's literally it's, as of like, it's like bloody wicks in here. It is real. It is real, Marcus. You can see. Can confirm it is real. Yeah. yeah. There, well, it's a there. box. I don't know if there's anything in there, it. There but... is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bird's yeah. nest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we can no longer sell it as unopened. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Well done. Um, it is unopened. An, a, another plug that's literally landed like a minute ago. No, well, maybe an hour ago. On Twitter, at Glover's Girl. Debs Curtis, who has emailed and asked questions in the past. She is raising money for her local primary school, and the club have very kindly donated a signed home shirt from this season to raffle off. So if you go to at Glover's Girl, I believe you've retweeted this already. I've retweeted this one. Yeah, it's you been can, retweeted. You can find the details um, to buy a raffle ticket, a pounder ticket. You can buy as many as you like, and you can win a lovely signed, although why is everyone signed on the right-hand side of the shirt? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's a lovely prize, lovely, lovely cause, home shirt for potentially a quid. There you go. How good's that? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas indeed. Okay. Well, we've been talking for a long time and there's still the quiz, which obviously is the best part of the entire podcast. So are we going to go to that? Yes, we will. Okay. Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you Thank for you your everyone. time. Thanks for joining us again, Marcus, mate. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Okay, so it's quiz time once again and returning for looking for the triple crown now is our reigning champion, Mr Ed Turnbull. Welcome back, Ed. Thank you very much. Good evening to you. Okay, and we've started to think this is a little bit too easy for Ed. So we've brought in an experienced Ed off of the bench. Welcome to the Glovers cast, Gav Cheatham of Three Valleys Radio fame. Okay, thanks. Um, Nice to see you. Yeah, exactly. So we're expecting a true broadcast voice on this one. Eh? Uh, Gav, you can show us how it's all done, all right? Oh, yeah, I'll try my best. Right. Well, I'll recap the rules because I haven't done that for a little while. and always wind up when I do it. So the, the name of the game is Yeovil Town, Who Am I? I will read you a little synopsis I've written of the careers of three former Yeovil Town players. If you get an incorrect answer, if you shout out an incorrect answer, then you're out of the round until... I get to the end next paragraph and I will bring you back in. So, Ed, you know the rules? Yep. Gav, you know the rules? Yeah, happy. Okay, you heard them, people. So, the theme for tonight's game is 
bench warmers. These are all players who played for us between the 2012-2013 season and the present day, who went on to make more substitute appearance than they did starting appearances. So these might be a little bit random, maybe not quite as easy as last weekend, but let's see. So here we go with the first one. I was born in Stevenage in September 1989, but my career began relatively late, joining the Watford Academy in 2006, following in the footsteps of my more famous footballing brother, who also played in wide positions. I was quick to impress, and I was awarded first-team squad number for the 2008-09 season, making my debut in a 1-0 League Cup win over Bristol Rovers in August 2008. I played three other League Cup matches, making my league debut against Bristol City on Boxing Day. Young. Lewis Young is the right answer. You're correct. Yeah. So that's one nil to one nil to Gav. I actually, to be honest, I actually said Luke Young. Oh, Luke Young. Well, we'll yeah. give you that. We'll give you that. You got, yeah. <laughs> well, what, shall we give him that one, Ed? Yeah, fair. I was nowhere near it, so. Okay. Luke Young, yeah. I think Luke Young was a, was a footballer as well. He but, played yeah. for uh, Spurs and that, didn't he? Yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. Well, well, yeah, Lewis Young. All right. Well, yeah, as, as, as you're the challenger, uh, Gav, we'll give you that one. And for your honesty as well, admitting that one, because I heard Lewis Young. But OK, so number two. I was born in Birmingham in January 1997, and my footballing career began at West Bromwich Albion, who I joined at the age of nine. After a decade in the youth setup at the Hawthorns, I got my first senior appearances at Kidderminster Harriers in the National League and played 15 times before being recalled at the end of October. Tavon Campbell. Tavon Campbell is the correct answer, yes. All right, OK, well, that's made it a bit interesting. We've got... Um, We've got actually. I'm just looking at the amount I've written about these uh, these players. I, I just need to stop, don't I? I don't need to get beyond the first few paragraphs. Okay, so we're down to the decider number three. Okay, this could be interesting. I was born in Torquay in February 2001 to into a footballing family with my dad. Gabby Rogers, Gabby Rogers is the right answer. Oh, the man yeah, that the Glovers cast aren't allowed to name. He is our Voldemort. So, uh, I'm sorry for bringing it up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You're now banned from the Glovers cast for mentioning Gabby Rogers. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to get you back again next Thursday. Uh, Ed, Gav, yeah. what can I say? It was good to hear your dulcet tones on the uh, on the airwaves again. But uh... Yeah, thank you, Wadden, well Ed. No thank problem. you very much. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm honoured to have... Defeated a commentator, I must be honest. I did think I did, I did have Tavon Campbell in my head, but I was being too cautious. I and I, I left it too long, and then you jumped in and you uh obviously got, go got it. So uh, and then but yeah, Gabby Rogers, you, you were right in there. Well done. There you go. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. All you have to know is where these players are born and what year they're born in, don't you? So talking two thousand and one. Yeah. Many. It's going to be early, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Oh well, Ed. We'll see you again. We'll speak to you again next Thursday. And Gav, thanks again for joining and uh, look forward thanks, to hearing Dave. you at a weekend. Thanks a lot, gents. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal! What?
Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 